Welcome to episode 13 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. Good to see you, my friend. How's everything going? It's good to see you too, Matt. I'm actually in the Frazier Field ticket office awaiting the tonight's game between Brockton and North Shore. So great week so far and can't wait for what's to come. Yeah. And uh, talk to us about how you spent your first weekend of baseball, because I know a lot of people saw the content from the Futures League account on Twitter and Instagram, which we were mainly in charge of. So, you know, how'd you spend your first week of baseball? So this weekend I was in Nashua, New Hampshire, watching all three days of the Silver Knight home games. Um, North Shore came out red hot. They're 3-0. They, they were very impressive. On game one on Thursday, Sal Freilich hitting the first pitch to left field and Bo Dana coming in to close it out. Nashua, unfortunately, did struggle this weekend, but they did pick up their first victory in Brockton last night. So everybody's looking to keep rolling. Yeah, it's a crucial week to get off to a hot start. Nashua looking to capitalize on that first win that they had yesterday. We're recording Wednesday afternoon. Um, I will be going to Westfield actually as soon as we're done recording this to see the Starfires home opener. I would say my favorite game from the first weekend was probably yesterday. It was Westfield taking on New Britain and the Starfires got their first win in their first game of the season. I worked for them last year. It was nice to catch up with a lot of people from the front office and see what transitions they've made and what steps they're looking to make in year two. I know we talked to Evan on the podcast two episodes ago, but to see some of the Western Mass talent in person and to see some of the guys that were originally supposed to be in the Cape League or NECBL, uh, Reggie Crawford, Ramon Jimenez, Mark Coley, who played on Pittsfield. He did a lot of damage against the Starfires last year. He went deep for a two-run home run to left, and – all three games were competitive, and some of them featured some late-game comebacks. North Shore took a game in extra innings after being down 4-1. So it was just great to see some competitive baseball and also interesting to see how these managers are dealing with their pitchers. I saw North Shore feature seven or eight arms on Sunday, so it's been a great weekend of baseball so far. Yeah, we're back. Let's go. Futures League Baseball, and it continues this week. It sure does. Uh, so we have a great interview with Alex Price of the New Britain Bees. Speaking of New Britain, he made the opening day start. He'll walk you through how his season's gone so far and what experiences he took last year when he spent it in Pittsfield into this summer with the Bees. Uh, it's a great interview, and he will be on the bump tonight as of release day. New Britain taking on Westfield from New Britain Stadium. Second time those teams have met. So without further ado, here's our interview with Alex Price. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. It is Alex Price, starting pitcher for the New Britain Bees. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, of course. And to start it right off, you were named the opening day starter for New Britain's first ever game in the Futures League. What did that mean to you, and how did it feel to finally be out there? Uh, it, was, um, it, was, it was really cool. Um, as you know, we've, we've got a lot of great pitchers on the staff, and um, – to, to be named the uh, opening opening day starter it was it was a uh, it was it was it was an honor for me and um and I was happy that I was able to um, not let the team down and uh, we were able to get a win. Yeah, you had a really great pitching line. You were named the first ever pitcher of the night for the 2020 season. Pretty good. Uh, you went four innings, only gave up two hits, had five Ks and two walks. And you guys also took down a pretty good team, Worcester, coming off of two straight championships. So just talk about your performance on the mound a little bit more and, you know, 
what kind of a groove you were able to settle in and just how it felt to be out there facing live hitting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, obviously there was some, uh, a little bit of nerves coming in, um, knowing that I was going to be pitching in front of, uh, over a thousand people with like the feeling in the back of your head, not to, not to let the team down. So, I mean, that was, that was in my mind, uh, like leading up to it. Um, and, uh, like right before I got to the field, but then once I started my routine and got, got into it, um, it, it was, it all felt like normal and what I've done like my whole life. So when I got up on the mound and uh, faced the first hitter, then I was able to like settle in, just like get lost in the game. And, and I was able to throw strikes and, and get some good results. Yeah. And you talked about the crowd and the nerves a little bit. What, when you got settled in, what was it like playing live baseball in front of that crowd? To see, to see live fans, um, like that um and they were all super into it and gave a lot of support so it was it was pretty cool uh to have that as a backdrop in my uh first first pitching performance in in a few months yeah and you mentioned playing for Pittsfield last summer this podcast is called back to the Futures, so it's great to have you back in the league this summer and I'm sure just you know awesome to get a chance to play some summer ball again yeah I was I, yeah I wasn't sure what was going to happen with with all the different leagues around here uh, canceling. So I'm grateful I got the opportunity to, to come back here. And I'm so thankful that this, that the Futures League is still happening. Yeah, everything's gone tremendously and according to plan so far. So I know that Owen and I have just really appreciated being at the ballpark too. And I'm sure, I'm sure you feel the same way. So talking about your game a little bit, you know, you had a couple months to work on training and just make sure you're in good shape for this summer. I'm just curious, how many pitches do you have in your pitching arsenal? And are there any in particular that you worked on over the last couple months or maybe a new pitch you've developed recently? So I throw a fastball, um, curveball, slider, and changeup. And before uh, the quarantine happened, um, my curveball was kind of very average, I would say. And um, I've been throwing with a friend from around town. He helped me uh, change a grip to a more swipe grip. It was able to get a lot sharper. Um, and I, I think I had a couple strikeouts with it. So that was definitely a big improvement. And then always for me is, is the changeup. I've been just working on that and just trying to perfect it because that's, that's the money pitch for me. Yeah, so transitioning back kind of into the team, you guys have played three games but at the time that we're recording this. How has the chemistry been in the locker room and what do you think your team's strengths are this season? Well, I would say that our chemistry is, is very good right now because before, before we knew we were allowed to play, the town of New Britain um, allowed us to practice on the field. So we've been practicing and inter-squatting for, for about three or four weeks now. Um, so we've got to hang around each other and, and get to know each other a little bit more and so I know as a staff we were all pretty close and I know the infielders are the same way. I think uh, our, our pitching is going to be pretty good for us um, and definitely going to be a strength um, as well as our defense and our hitting's uh, starting to come around very nicely. Yeah so going off of that people a lot of people have said that pitching has had the upper hand in the early portion of the season. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, like I, I was able to sneak some fastballs by some people on Worcester that in a few weeks I won't I won't be able to get away with. So I mean it's it's just like it's spring training where 
where you're indoors and the hitter really haven't seen live, live pitching and you're able to just dominate everything. And so, uh, unfortunately, it will even out pretty soon. So with that in mind, is there anything that you're planning to do to ramp up for that portion of the season? Like, how do you gauge making sure that you're staying healthy and that you're not seeing any elbow soreness or stiffness after the first couple games and judging off your first couple performances, how you adjust and adapt to the hitters being able to catch up to that live pitching. As the hitters start to catch up, like, I mean, I know that for me throwing in 95 degree degree weather for four innings, like in like a true competition mode was very new for me. And so as I start to get used to that, um, I'm sure I'll be able to be more conditioned and we'll, all the pitchers will, will get more used to that. And so it, it'll still be a pretty even playing field because I know that after, after I threw four innings and in, against Worcester, like I was extremely tired and not used to, not used to doing that. Before we get back to our interview with Alex Price, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting-edge, player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics, and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. ChangeUp is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. ChangeUp. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Alex Price. So you played last season for Pittsfield. Uh, you finished seventh in the league in ERA. What was that experience like playing for Pittsfield? Yeah, so uh, it was it was a great experience. Um, I, I again was uh, fortunate enough to get the opening night start um, in Pittsfield, and the the fans there were were spectacular, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, the sun delays were some people liked them, some people didn't. It was it was a little it was it was a little unique uh, feature of of uh, playing there, um, but I it's down down in Middlebury College. I mean we we play some uh, pretty good teams, but um, usually like a lot of the lineups are top heavy or or whatnot. And in the futures league, I saw some pretty deep lineups, and that was something that I really hadn't seen before and made me work a little harder. And so I thought that was very beneficial from playing in the Futures League last summer. So talk about those sun delays a little bit. That's such a weird, unique feature that you get in Pittsfield. Talk about how weird it was to experience your first one and how you kind of dealt with it as you went on. Yeah, so it's it's very interesting because it's it's not really like a set thing. It's either when like the, a single hitter or, or the umpire just deems it too sunny um, to keep playing. And so there's no way to really go and prepare for it. It's just you got to pitch and you got to just prepare like there will be no sun delay. And then when it happens, you just, I mean, I stay warm. I jogged a little bit. Um, and then like, I just, I guess I basically had to redo my routine. I threw a little bit and then 
I went back into the bullpen and then threw a few more warm-up pitches and then I was good to go. Was there ever a situation where you were in a big spot and it got called for a sun delay and did you feel like you were almost iced a little bit on that front or is it just a matter of kind of retaining your composure and making sure that you know you're not focusing too much on the situation was as weird as it sounds and just you know going back there and trying to pick up where you left off yeah I mean I I don't remember anything specifically where I was like in where I got into too big of trouble after but I I do remember one time we were in like a rally or something then it happened then we, we came back on the field and struck out and then it was all over like that it kind of sucked but I mean I guess it should it, it'll it evens out over the course of a season sure I guess I guess there's no true home field advantage when you're dealing with the sun delay the sun doesn't doesn't care if you're in the field or at the plate so no sun delays this season but we're excited to welcome Pittsfield back into the league next summer so talking about now your new team the New Britain Bees how did you first get in touch with Brad Smith and Ray Garino just because it's the Bees' first summer in the league? I know that you're in Ridgefield, you're a Connecticut guy, and they're the only team in that state. But, you know, talk us through that initial process and, you know, what that first stage of communication was like. I was scheduled to play in, um, in Danbury in the NECBL um, this summer, and so they canceled pretty early. And um, after I uh, – learned that the Futures League was playing, I actually uh, texted Coach Gedman up in Pittsfield and, and tried to work something out there. However, um, he, he wasn't really sure if they were going to play and, and whatnot. And with like the out-of-state and no host families, like it, I don't think it was really going to work out. And so New Britain was, is the, even though it's really, it's like over an hour from me, um, still, still a drive enough. Um, so I could go play there. So I, I emailed uh, uh, Brad and and he uh, told me that I could come and practice and, and whatever. And he would ask Ray if I could uh, join the official roster because they did still have a, a roster from, from before this all started. Um, and fortunately enough, I was accepted and the rest is history, I guess. Yeah, so another interesting thing is, so your former t- Pittsfield teammates are spread across the league, including Mark Coley, who you play tomorrow, again, when you play Westfield, what's that going to be like? Oh, well, it's going to be a lot of fun because I actually lived with uh, Mark in Pittsfield uh, last summer. We shared, um, we shared a basement and we got to know each other pretty well. And so I know a lot of his strengths and weaknesses as a ball player and he knows mine. So um, and he actually hit a hit a bomb last night, so it'll it'll be a fun matchup. I'm really excited for it. We talked about it before the game, and he's coming for me, and I'm coming for him. I love it. Yeah, don't tell Mark that uh, pitching has the upper hand so far this season. Might give him an extra chip on his shoulder. Yeah. So, have you talked to Ray about what the starting rotation is going to look like? How many starters are going to be? a part of that New Britain rotation because, you know, there's so much talent top to bottom. And I'm curious if you're expecting to come out exclusively as a starter because you also pitched out of the pen at Middlebury in 2019. You know, would you be open to that? Do you expect to do that? Or are you mainly expecting to get like four or five innings of work coming out as the number one starter? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very flexible as a pitcher. I mean, I wouldn't mind coming out of the pen. I've done it before. 
what the plan is, um, what we've discussed so far before the season, um, was we would go through go for like a six man rotation. And so I mean, as as of now, I'm I'm part of that, but with maybe some rainouts and stuff uh, where we have to double up, I would I would be fine coming out of it, uh, or pitching the second half of like a start like that. And on your roster, there's plenty of Connecticut guys. It's almost the entire roster is filled with Connecticut players. Have, did you play against any of them in in the past? And what is that? What has that been like? Just to have all those Connecticut guys together. Yeah, I've um I've played with or against like a lot of these kids. Um, whether it's been like in youth baseball tournaments or high school, or so it's been pretty cool to to share some stories. I know. I played uh, Tony Sochi uh, from Trumbull um, in the FCX semifinals, and he actually he hit a rocket off me where my fielder made a spectacular catch to save an inning and where we would go uh, on to win the game. So telling stories and, and sharing some of those memories and hearing the other side of them is, is pretty cool. Yeah, I can imagine. And transitioning into your experience at Middlebury, you got the Middlebury polo shirt on, looking very sharp. I noticed adjusting a little bit to get that M in there. So you pitched one game there this spring. uh, And last year as a freshman in 2019, you had a great season. You pitched 45.2 innings and you had 10 appearances, which was second on the team. Uh, 2.17 ERA, 33 Ks to only 13 walks. And you had a complete game. So, you know, how do you value your command on the mound? You have historically had a very good strikeout to walk ratio. And what did that first season do for your confidence coming into college ball and just getting that much experience and playing really well as a freshman? Yeah, I mean, since since high school, I mean, I've never really thrown the hardest. Um, and so just being able to throw my fastball for a strike and more importantly, being able to throw my change up and other secondary pitches for strikes has always been something that I've uh, taken pride in. And so it worked in high school. And then, I mean, my first, my first outing down in Emory, uh, Georgia uh, was a little rough. Um, First college appearance, like there's obviously some nerves and and they were pretty good team. And so I struggled there, but I mean, I, I was able to, keep the same approach and um and just just fill up the zone and and uh locate all my pitches and it's uh led me to a lot of success so far and at Middlebury in 2019 you guys reached the NESCAC championship after going 26 and 13 in the regular season what was that experience like playing in that in that championship it was it was really cool it was very intense it was much more intense than I thought it would be um because after after a season of of playing some of these schools and and growing little rivalries and just the brotherhood with the seniors especially and and wanting to go out and make their their last season special was was definitely uh, on my mind and I got to pitch the second game um, against Bates um, it was under the lights and there there were a fair amount of people there and just to be able to go out and and do a good job for my teammates was, was really special. So Middlebury is a D3 school. So what does it mean to compete there in the D3 level and come here to the Futures League and showcase your skills against the talent that's all over the Futures League? Well, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, I, I take pride in, in the hard work that I put in the off season, 
I feel as though I work just as hard as every other D2 and NAIA D1 player. And, um, and like a lot of times, uh, D3 players don't get a lot of respect and, and are, uh, not really feared and stuff. So, I mean, I take pride in, and, uh, going out there and, and showing that D3 baseball still is pretty legit and you can compete with anyone and, and are just as good or if not better than some of these guys. And this season, obviously the Futures League isn't having an all-star game, but we are having a scout day where scouts are going to get to come to the parks and see your guys' talent. What does that mean to have, to still have that portion of the all-star day on the Futures League schedule this year? It's great. Um, those, those days uh, of exposure um, are very valuable for, for like a player like me who's trying to play like at the next level. This league does a great job at, at uh, allowing us that exposure. Yeah, and talking about your transition just in form between your freshman year and now, so you're currently listed on the media guide as 200 versus freshman year when you were 185. You mentioned you're not the fastest pitcher in terms of velocity, but was there a different training regimen that you had picked up in that time? Do you feel like that's helped at all with picking up a couple miles per hour? And just talk about was that something that you anticipated or just a process of maybe getting in the college weight room and having a training program? Yeah, that was, it was definitely a point of emphasis for me, um, both in the kitchen and in the weight room, um, try to eat a few extra calories. And then I've, I've just been more dedicated in general um, in the weight room and in the strength and the mobility aspect of it, trying to, trying to get stronger and, more flexible to to help me uh throw a little bit harder and and so far it it has worked i've gained uh, some miles per hour and i feel i feel like everything's starting to come around for me which is pretty cool to see yeah that's really nice to hear and i'm curious how you've been able to maintain that training regimen gyms are open in connecticut but only at a reduced capacity was it tough to maintain that weightlifting program or did you have to alter any of your workouts over the last couple months yeah i've definitely had to alter um alter my uh training regimen but i mean my trainer was able to um give me a little program uh where i was able to do it at my house so i have like a bench and up to 50 pound dumbbells and I was able to really manipulate um, my exercise into using that equipment. So like instead of maybe some heavier weight, doing some, some uh, higher rep stuff. Um, so that's, that's worked. And then I've just been pretty uh, strict with, with like my eating and, and making sure I do that every day because it is a lot different working out alone in your basement than in like a weight room with, with other peers that, that push you. Yeah. Well, it's great to hear that you have a trainer who's, you know, adaptable and helping you just find your form as we get back to baseball. Um, now kind of moving on to some of the more fun questions. So you wear number 22 at Middlebury. You also wear 22 for the bees. Is there any particular reason for that number? Uh, no, I mean, I wore it as a joke when I was, when I was little because my house was 22, there was a 22 in the name of it. And then I kind of moved away from it. But then in high school, uh, I wore it for baseball and basketball. So I was 22 in high school for those two. And in college came and the number was open. So, um, and then I was, I was able to get it this summer, which is pretty cool. 
how was your hoops game in high school? Were you more of a shooter or other, did you have other aspects of your game? Yeah, uh, I was, I was a spot up three point shooter and, and one dribble guy. And I would have, I, I, my senior year, I averaged about like eight points a game and I would have some games where I didn't have any points cause I was cold and I would have a couple games where I get into the twenties. Hey, that's, that's how it works sometimes. Yeah. Um, so we also saw something on Middlebury's Facebook page. Is it true that you play piano? Uh, it is true. Um, I mean, I, I really haven't been playing too much recently, but it was definitely something that I took pride in um, growing up in elementary, middle, and high school, and something that I'll uh, take with me for the rest of my life. And then how about a message to these fans as, you know, we continue to head on into this season? Well, um, I just want to ask for uh, more continued support. Um, like we've had the past three home games, which which has been awesome. And if it's like that, uh, continuing through the season, I'm sure we'll give them quite a show uh, through the regular season and through the playoffs. Well, you guys had a great home stand to start off. And, you know, best of luck to you. We have one final segment coming up. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr the official on-field hat of the Futures League. You guys got some pretty sweet lids, black with a, a yellow lit, a yellow brim, rather, and you got the Futures League patch on the back. So Zephyr's providing those high-quality and innovative designs since 1993. So, Alex, this has been great so far, but we got a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yep. All right. First one, who's been your favorite Futures League teammate to play with? I'll, I'll give it to my boy, Mark Coley. So hope maybe uh, by saying that, he'll take it easy on me uh, tomorrow. Yeah, we're recording Wednesday afternoon. You guys are facing off on release day. So big, uh, big matchup. We'll see who comes out on top. How about favorite opposing FCBL ballpark that you've played in? Uh, I, would, I would definitely say Worcester. Um, their, their crowd and their stadium and, and their playing surface um, was, all, was all really cool to be a part of. Yeah, that's been uh, that's been a common theme for that question. So I I like the response. Uh, do you have any entrance music that when it comes on, you know it's time to play ball, whether it be at Middlebury or something this summer that you have in mind for New Britain? Um, my my walkout song is um is a is like a more country uh, chill chill kind of kind of vibe song, and but when I'm when I'm really trying to uh, turn it up and and throw hard. I like deeper electronic music. Gets me going better. What's that country song? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's called Hurricane by the Band of Heathens. Okay, I like it. I'm not familiar with it, but I'll have to maybe give it a spin on my way to the stadium tonight to check it out. Um, favorite big league team? Uh, Phillies. Okay, that's our first Phillies response. Uh, was it a, a family member who's either from the area or roots for them, or what's that backstory? Yeah, my mother's my mother's from uh, the Philadelphia suburb. So, although she she doesn't really care too much for the Phillies, um, some of my other relatives uh, got me very invested with them, and so I'm big time uh, Phillies, Eagles, Sixers fan. Who's your favorite big league player? Doesn't have to be from the Phillies. Well, he played for the Phillies um, back in '08 and in those early years. Uh, Cole Hamels. I've always tried to model my game after him, and uh, I've always loved watching him pitch, especially his changeup. 
Yeah, and you mentioned it's uh, it's your go-to pitch, so understandable how how you could take after him. Uh, what glove do you use when you're on the mound? I have a Wilson A2000. What about cleats? How about the cleats? Uh, I have a pair of Nikes, I think. Nice, that's been a popular answer. How about yeah. a baseball? How about a baseball nickname that you've had either in the Futures League or at Middlebury? Um. My nickname at school is kind of funny. Um, I'm called Sunshine uh, after uh, the lefty quarterback uh, in Remember the Titans, uh, Ronnie Bass, because I have the kind of longer blonde hair like him, and I'm a lefty. So, yeah. Awesome. When was that? When did that? When did that nickname start? Uh, it started right when I got to school. Um, we were playing like uh, we were playing a two-hand touch football game, and I was quarterbacking, and I kind of looked like him, so. They started calling me that. In FCBL terms, we can say that's because of the sun delays in Pittsfield. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably our best nickname response, too, so far. So congrats on that unofficial title. <laughs> well, thank you. Any superstitions that you have? Yeah, so when, when I go out to, to warm up, um, I'll, I'll always, in the first inning, I'll always throw, like, the same – the same pitches. Um, I throw three fastballs, a changeup, and then another fastball, and then throw it down to second with another fastball. And I feel like just this, this like, I mean, it's kind of a superstition, but it's more of a routine. I feel like that locks me in and, and gets me ready to pitch every time. And then how about a game day meal that you eat either before or after games? Um, before games, uh, I, I really I kind of struggle having lunch, but I try to have like a big, big breakfast, uh, like eggs, eggs and a bagel usually, nice. and a smoothie. Perfect. What's in that smoothie? I usually put um, strawberry, bananas, spinach, orange juice, uh, Greek yogurt. Awesome. You bring one of those for me tomorrow. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I could try. Okay. Okay. I'll <laughs> accept that. And then how about bubblegum or sunflower seeds? I would say seeds over, over bubblegum. They, they have some really good flavors these days. Um, I think my favorite ones, probably the Buffalo Ranch ones, are pretty good. Yeah, that's been, that's been an answer we've heard frequently on the podcast. And then lastly, how about a favorite all-time baseball memory? These past two opening nights, um, the last, last summer in Pittsfield and, and this one this past Thursday, have been have been really special. Um, there was a in the state tournament uh, my high school senior year against uh, Amity in the state semifinals. I pitched a good game there. That was that was uh, really special to me. That's awesome to hear. Uh, did you guys go on to win that state tournament? I did not take a look back at those high school stats, but how did you guys finish off that spring? No, we ended up losing one to nothing in the class double L uh, finals, which which really stung. Yeah, I can imagine. But you've had some awesome success since then, and we wish you the best of luck with everything that's going to wrap up this episode, episode 13 of Back to the Futures. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you yeah. soon. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. So this has been episode 13 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. We're streaming on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.